2: Home and Home.
3: Is Major League Baseball fixing the wrong problem? Are they Do they have a, a flat tire and they're essentially putting gas in the car? They are swinging for the fences with some postseason changes. We'll discuss those. Uh, do we like them? Do we hate them? We'll get your thoughts on that. RDC Home and Home. Let us know how you feel about it. And is Dak Prescott... Going to get the franchise tag and then trade it. Is Tom Brady going to be the next quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? It's a Tuesday home and home. A Radio.com Sports original is home and home. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out at ZipRecruiter.com. Enter. They are the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs, along with Ross Tucker and Mike Fisher now with us, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, always on the radio.com app. Fish, it is great to talk to you, my friend. It is Dave Briggs. It is Ross Tucker. Is Tom Brady going to be the next quarterback of your Dallas
4: Cowboys?
1: Well, no. (laughs) Uh, But that doesn't mean that it's ridiculous. There's a lot of people that are billing this as a ridiculous concept, and if Dave Briggs, Mike Fisher, and Ross Tucker are sitting in the war room with an NFL team. You you better discuss Tom Brady, and you better discuss Philip Rivers, and you better discuss Zach Prescott. Your personnel department wouldn't be doing its job if, if they didn't touch base on these ideas. And, of course, this particular idea catches fire because Michael Irvin, uh, who is not just plugged in with the Cowboys, but as a pro football, pro football Hall of Famer and, and a bon vivant, and everybody's best friend, and an NFL Network reporter, um, when Michael Irvin says that he heard this buzz, that's legitimate for us to report on his report. So the likelihood of it happening is small. But the gravitas that it has, because it comes from Michael Irvin, is substantial. So, but Mike,
0: you don't really think that there's a whole lot of substance to it, do you?
1: It makes a lot more sense, frankly, for the Patriots – to, and I know the Patriots do a great job over the years of getting rid of a guy, you know, the year before he runs out of gas. But Tom Brady, probably, if there's ever an exception to that, that would be Tom Brady, who certainly is running out of gas. Meanwhile, um, the Cowboys and the Joneses have stated their plans with Dak all along, which is he's our franchise guy. We're married to him. We, we think he's the guy. We want to go to war with him. In fact, um, over the last couple of years, Jerry Jones has actually compared Dak Prescott to Tom Brady, not obviously in every way, but, you know, in terms of class and leadership and want to and all that. So the, the really smart money is that each team keeps its established quarterback. Yes.
3: Talking to Mike Fisher, 105.3, the fan in Dallas. If he's their franchise guy and, and they, want to, they want to be married, why doesn't Dak Prescott have a long-term contract? What are his demands?
1: Well, it's funny that, and, and I think the public usually does that, and most of us fall into this trap, but we think this is the team's fault. And we forget, and Ross Tucker, you were involved in these. When when you were negotiating a contract and it wasn't signed yet, whose fault was it? Well, it was both of yours. You, you didn't sign it and they didn't sign it. They didn't sign your idea and you didn't sign their idea. Um, Jerry Jones famously in 1990 pulled me into his office. It was the first day I ever met him, and we were talking about some contract that was clearly close, and I said, why don't you just do it, Mr. Jones? He said, Mr. Mack, deadlines make deals. And so one of the reasons it's not done today is because there's no deadline today. But March 10th represents a deadline of sorts. Dak Prescott, by the way, still seems confused as to what the franchise tag means. It's not a punishment. It's not a penalty. It's not a shovel to the face. It's a tool by which teams can retain the contractual rights to a player. Of course they're going to franchise tag him if they get to March 10th and don't have a new contract, because if you didn't, he'd be a street free agent and that'd be preposterous. So the the tag is very real. The tag is a tool, uh, the trading of the guy after the tag. Here's one of the problems with that, man. What team w- with all due respect to Dak Prescott, what team wants to give up two premium picks, two first round picks and pay him, <laughs> What I think the going rate would be, which is thirty-seven million dollars APY, it, it's hard enough for the Cowboys to wrap wrap their heads around the thirty-seven million. Why would another team not only do the thirty-seven million, but also give up two number ones?
0: So, Mike, you you, you mentioned thirty-seven million a couple times there. It, it sounds like, is that a number you think Dak would be happy with, or that the Cowboys are? Playing with why why are you saying
1: 37? You know, we're doing some educated guesswork here, but in September, well, we'll start start at training camp. Jerry did his Malibu Nobu party, and at the party, a source collected a few of us around, a source, and said, we have made Dak Prescott a top-five quarterback offer. Hey, I'm like a top-five quarterback. The next day, Stephen Jones, Cowboys COO, came on 105.3, the fan in Dallas, and said, we have made Dak Prescott Uh, A top five quarterback offer. So at which point everybody knew who the source was (laughs) from the previous night. (laughs) So uh, at at that time, and then later in September when they were very close, I think that number was thirty four. I think they were really close on thirty four. Meanwhile, I don't think that Dak Prescott's side has ever demanded forty million a year. I think that report's inaccurate. And so frankly, I'm I'm splitting the difference between wow forty'd be insane, thirty four was almost done. So let's meet in the middle and let's get back to work.
3: Is Jerry Jones worried about the dynamic of Dak Prescott signing that franchise tag and potentially not being around for off workouts with a brand new head coach?
1: Yeah, or even not signing the franchise tag because, of course, it's a, it's a tendered offer to him. And he could say, nope, not signing that. Now, until he signs it, he doesn't get paid. Ever, ever, ever. So eventually, you know, everybody except Blavion Bell eventually goes ahead and says, Okay, you got me, I guess, and that'd be twenty seven million dollars for the non-exclusive tag. But yeah, that, that is kind of a subtle problem here that the Cowboys hope to become a big one. They they have counted on Dak Prescott to help them run the locker room. He is the leader of the locker room, he's got fifty two guys behind him, and if he if he goes through with his veiled threats to not hang around in Frisco in the spring, which is how he said it. Well, he didn't say I'm not with the team or I'm going to skip mini camp or I'm going to skip OTAs. He just said I might not be in Frisco during the springtime. And if he went through with that, you bet, that would certainly cause some some fraying, if you will, of the of the fiber of this team's chemistry, which is already uh, there's already enough issues there off of last year. And then yes, the new coaching staff under Mike McCarthy. And his assistant head coach, who isn't really a coach, a football coach, but rather a life coach, uh, Rob Davis, who played in the NFL for ten years as a long snapper, and then was in the front office in the Packers, and is now coming to Dallas. Literally, his background is more of life coach than football coach. He'll have his hands full if he doesn't have Dak Prescott available to help him.
0: And and Fish, just to summarize here. What's your best guess as to whether or not they get the deal done by the tenth versus him being franchised?
1: Think, yeah, I don't think they'll get it done by the tenth, and so the, the non-exclusive tag will go up. They'll continue to negotiate. Then you have July till the middle of July. Last year, the date was July 15th, I believe, to negotiate, or or else your franchise tag. I I believe that he will he will have a new five-year contract. Uh, that pays him $35 million APY, whatever that adds up to, the biggest contract in Cowboys franchise history. And I bet you that'll be done July by July 15th. But there will be a lot of nail-biting between now and then.
3: There's the news. Uh, follow Mike Fisher at Fish Sports. Listen to him on 105.3 The Fan on the radio.com app. One last Cowboys question from me, and it's Amari Cooper. Is he back in Dallas next season?
1: Well, they've said, again, that that's our number two priority all along. Now, I do think, though, that the new coaching staff comes in and everybody needs to sit down and, and reevaluate everything we ever thought, especially after going eight and eight. You know, Amari put up great numbers and yet disappeared. Uh, the home and road splits were weird. Uh, cold weather games were weird. When he went against a top-notch cornerback, it was weird. And then not being in the game on fourth and eighth. In, in what was basically the NFC East championship play in week 16, that was weird. I, I, I think they wish there was a way that, to not do this at 20 million, and he could get a transition tag and, and be stuck here for one more year while they continue to evaluate, and I think that might really be in play.
4: Uh,
3: one last question for you, and it's this. One of my favorite images, Mike Fisher, during Super Bowl week was Jerry Jones' yacht parked out there in the ocean near the Miami stadium. Have you ever been on the Jerry Jones yacht and what do you know about it?
1: I, I know that it's worth a quarter of a million dollars. I know that it's the size of a foot. I I know that it's the size of a football field. Uh, I've, I've been told it has, it has this feature and that feature and a water slide over here and a hockey arena over there. And, I'm assuming it has a glory hole somewhere uh, on, on Jerry's yacht, whatever a glory hole is. But I would think that Jerry, when we have his annual party in Malibu, not that it's not great to go to Nobu, which is one of the most magnificent places in the world, and you know a, 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 a sandwich costs $100. But why not, Jerry, just pull the yacht into Malibu and let us all get a piece yeah. of your quarter of a million dollar boat?
4: Yeah.
3: Quarter of a billion, right? Quarter of a billion dollars, 250 million plus. Yeah. And they're my favorite feature on the Jerry Jones. yacht. There are not one, but two helipads just in case your friend needs to fly a helicopter (laughs) to your yacht and yours is already there. I hope you get to be on said yacht. At some point, Fish. Uh, quickly before we get you out of here, I'll break down Major League Baseball's proposed postseason changes later. But what do you make of of MLB's attempt to generate some excitement? Two extra wild card teams in each league, allowing a a buy for the best record, allowing certain teams to pick their opponent in the wild card round, and then a selection show Sunday Bachelorette, Bachelor reality style. What do you think?
1: The, the pick-your-opponent thing is sexy but dangerous because when I pick you, when I say, you know what, I want to play one-on-one basketball, and I pick Dave Briggs, you're going to be miffed. It yeah. adds to some of the juice of it. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that we're not asking for a little too much trouble there. But I remember when the NFL first started saying, we're putting in wild cards, we're adding this, and the traditionalists said, well, that's cheapening the game. What they didn't realize is that allowed every team – Every team in the NFL to enter December with a chance. It, it meant that every game in December. be Meaningful, something that the NFL didn't used to have. So, frankly, and obviously I'm showing my football bias here over baseball, but anything yeah. that baseball can do to copy the sometimes accidental genius, but always genius of football. Uh, yes. Steal it. If there is some way to make, have there be tackling in baseball, I think they should add that too.
3: I love it. Fish Sports tackling in baseball. Now that <laughs> I can get on board with. Fish, great to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. And keep us up to date with the latest news on Dak. Check him out at Fish Sports on Twitter, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Good to have you, sir. So let me elaborate a little more on those baseball changes for those of you that haven't had a chance to, to read it all down. Adding two wildcard teams in each league, team with the best overall record gets a buy into the division series. Division winners with the second best record in each league would get to pick their opponent from the three wildcard teams we're not even done yet division winners and wildcard team with the best remaining record would host all three games in a best of three series and then there's this selection sunday type show what this reminds me of is those married couple friends you might have that don't get along, that certainly shouldn't be married, that fight all the time, and they think if they have kids, it just might fix their problems. You're fixing the wrong fucking problem, baseball. The postseason's not the problem. The regular season is the problem. It's too long. The season drags on too long. It gets into November and ends up having snowy games in the World Series on occasion. The game moves too slow. There's far too many strikeouts and home runs, and you're not embracing the wild, edgy side of the young players. I could list a lot of problems with Major League Baseball. None of them are solved by these changes. I could list in the order in which I hate these things because allowing a team to pick its opponent is certainly intriguing for us in the media. But yes, that is instant bulletin board material for the team that gets picked and motivates them adding two wildcard teams to each league. Also hate that idea. Yeah. Would it give my Colorado Rockies a better chance to make the postseason? Yes. But the problem with that is, There are not great teams right now being left out of the postseason. That is not the situation. Don't forget the Tampa Bay Rays with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball have found their way into the postseason and did last year because they have a terrific front office. They build the right way. Don't reward mediocrity. Don't reward the Rockies front office and several other clubs that are spending in the wrong way, that are taking revenue-sharing money and pocketing it in the rich owner's pocket. Don't reward that. This won't fix baseball. This will not help. Ross, do you like the proposed changes?
0: I do. I I do like them. Um, And I'll tell you why. Because baseball has to do something for us to talk about them. And if this is it, I'm okay with that. And picking the team you play, that's hilarious. That's amazing. I would actually watch that selection show. I would love to see the reaction. Think about how much we will talk about that. I mean, that'll actually be something that people talk about. Which one are they going to pick and why? And is it the right team to pick? I think it's amazing. We've all been on the recess or after school where you're picking teams. I love the idea of being able to pick their opponent. I will say this, Dave, I agree with you. I don't think that the postseason is baseball's issue. But I got news for you. I don't know that there really is much of a fix for the regular season. They're not going to have less games. Because that's less money and all the statistics and all that stuff. So they're not going to do that. They're already trying every way they can to shorten the games so that they're not so long. It's hard to do, it's not a timed sport. So, what they can do is they can give us more postseason games since we like them and they're entertaining. And they can give us a couple more postseason teams. So at the end of the regular season, more teams even have a chance. But you still want to be the number one seed. You still want to win your division. And then a best of three is cool because, like, oh, the first game, kicking off the new series. And game two, this could be the clincher. Game three, I I, I think it's awesome. I love it. Anything they can do to try to spice up what is a boring sport, the better.
3: I'm not sure if you have the best record in your league, you want a buy. We've seen conflicting results in the last couple of years, whether taking a big gap, an extended break, when you're a hot baseball team can actually hurt your momentum. So I'm not exactly sure that's even something all teams would want. I'm also not sure teams want to pick their opponent. Frank, Frankly, I'm quite sure if you polled Major League Baseball teams, they'd probably tell you no, they'd rather not pick their opponent because of that bulletin board material. And I know we always hear there will never shorten the season because that, that would be lesser money in the owner's pockets. Well, not necessarily. If the slide continues in terms of attendance and television ratings, then potentially at some point you could see the TV money fall. Now the TV money is where it all comes from for these owners. It's not the attendance. Yes, they make money from attendance, but the big money is on the TV money. And if ratings are juiced, That TV money goes up. So if you shorten that season, increase the ratings, get some more excitement around the game, I don't know that there would actually be less money in your pocket at the end of the day. Here's what Trevor Bauer, Cincinnati Reds pitcher, had to say about all this on Twitter. No idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Rob Manfred is responsible for releasing it. So I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is, quote, absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. That is a current Major League pitcher, Trevor Bauer, (laughs) hammering the commissioner. Now, if you want my best guesses, Major League Baseball wants to do anything they can to turn the page from the Astros' sign-stealing scandal that they clearly botched. If that was the goal... Bravo, you moved the conversation away from the sign-stealing scandal to an absurd playoff approach, but in the long run, I'm not sure this is a win. Major League Baseball has to explain why the Astros' front office wasn't hit harder and why the players weren't hit harder and why we don't have more information on whether or not there are or were buzzers being worn by the Houston Astros because the manager – AJ Hinch gave an interview the other day with Tom Verducci in which he clearly punted on that question of whether or not buzzers were being worn. So I believe this may have been an attempt to move the conversation. These changes wouldn't go into effect until 2022. But maybe for a minute, they moved the conversation. As we close it, Ross, do you think these this year will be dominated by talk of the sign stealing scandal and wherever the Astros go, booze will follow.
0: Yes. Uh, I I don't think there's any question about it. I think people that really care about baseball now really hate the Astros and that those guys will have a rough time on the road all season long. And guess what? Deservingly so. Deservingly so. You You wanna do the crime you gotta go ahead and and make the time or whatever the hell that expression is. You you do the crime, you pay the time. What the hell is the
3: expression? Do the crime, pay the time? Wait, that doesn't sound right either. I sh- I'm usually the one that can nail it after you botch it. Do the yeah. crime, pay the time? I got
0: no idea. What is it? You know what we'll do? We will figure it out during the break. We will figure out what it really is After I tell you about my girl, Gretchen (laughs) Huebner. She experienced how challenging hiring can be. It's almost as challenging as remembering the do the crime, do the time thinger. Anyway, uh, she was unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you; it finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones, then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. That's ziprecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter
3: the smartest
0: way to hire.
3: We asked you, which quarterback would you want leading your NFL team next two years? Taysom Hill, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers. Well, Taysom Hill says he wants to be a franchise quarterback. Tom Brady looks like he's set to become a free agent. Phillip Rivers... And the Chargers parting ways. 20% of you want Taysom Hill. That is more than Phillip Rivers, 13%. But overwhelmingly, the leader is 42-year-old Tom Brady. Who knows? Will he go to Dallas? Will he go to L.A.? Will he stay in New England? The quarterback question of the offseason should be fantastic. Home and home on a Tuesday A Radio.com Sports Original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker here. The Oscars were Sunday night. The awards were handed out. It was a boring, stuffy show all night long that people apparently didn't want to watch so much. It was the least rated Oscars of all time. And put in sports perspective, 20 NFL games, single NFL games, drew a larger audience than last night's Oscars, the Oscars that used to put up more than 40 million viewers, that elitist, boring show clearly not resonating with the audience. Maybe they need categories like best comedy. Let the people weigh in on what was laughable, what was hilarious over the past year. And by the way, it is if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. That reminds us of one of our best comedy clips from the past several months here on Home and Home, which was kind of a Ross Tuckerism when he mixes names or metaphors or phrases like this one.
0: This is not Ted Cronkite, okay? This is not Tom Brokaw on CBS Nightly News or whatever he was on, Or whatever one you're going to be on someday, Briggs, because you're better than those other dudes. I've watched them every once in a while. (laughs) You should be the nightly news guy. Not tweeting (laughs) about important life issues. He's tweeting about dudes getting injured and signed to play football. And if because of his social media following, I just did a couple tweets last week for Natty Light Seltzer. It's delicious. Probably. I don't know, but I did tweets for it. Natty Light Seltzer, coming to a store near you. I love Natty Light. My wife loves Seltzer. Combine them. I'm happy to do a tweet. Thank you very much, Natty Light
3: Seltzer. Who the hell is Ted Cronkite? (laughs) I heard nothing you said after you dropped Ted freaking Conk.
0: Walter. (laughs) Walter. His name is Walter. I don't know why I said Ted (laughs) Conk.
3: Only the prominent newsman in the history (laughs) of news. I can see how that one would slip your mind. And there's your first nominee for Best Home and Home Comedy. At least you caught yourself and came around to Walter Cronkite from his friend Tom.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think I combined uh, Walter Cronkite and Ted Koppel. For some reason, Ted Koppel was in my head. My beard was thick back then, man. I don't know when that was, but my beard was thick. That was my big takeaway Uh, from that one. But your reaction, and then when you call me on it, that's going to be tough to beat.
3: Yeah, you you haven't mixed up a name like that in a while. We get to get back to those good old days of you mixing up names. All right, next nominee, best comedy here on Home and Home is when I challenge Ross Tucker's central issue, I believe, as a human being. Seems like a nice enough guy, but he doesn't have pets and doesn't like dogs. The number one flaw of Ross Tucker, our second nominee, best comedy.
4: It's, it's
0: dicey. It's dicey. Um, You're trying to watch TV, you're trying to watch TV and they're like slobbering all over you, bothering you. Um, You have to pay money to feed them. You have to take them for walks so that they poop. And then in, in return, maybe once a month, you go to some field and throw a stick or a Frisbee. I'm just not seeing the equation here. Once a month, you go to a field and throw a stick or a frisbee. Okay, that's kind of nice for that one day a month.
4: Every other
0: day, every other day during the month, you have to feed them and take them for walks and give them attention. And they bark
3: when you don't want them to bark. And I, I, I just, I don't see it, Dave. I don't see it. I promise. I promise we're going to get to football, but I am disturbed (laughs) about the type of human being you are. You are a wretched, awful, heartless, soulless, cold, unnatural human being. You're un-American. I don't trust a human being that doesn't like dogs. Our next nominee on best comedy here on home and home. I I will never understand this thing about you, Ross Tucker. Like I feel like something is missing genetically. There's just part of you that most humans have that you don't have. And I can never get past it. I really do like you most things about you, but I cannot understand the lack of, of, of empathy of caring for a pet. Like when I come home, and I've been gone two hours, four hours, six hours, doesn't matter. That dog is sitting by the door, waiting for me to come home, sit on the couch, hops on my lap, and just makes me feel better about life. I don't understand how you don't have that part as a human being.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for you, and if, and if you need that to get through the day or your life, that's great. I already feel pretty great about life, and I get that from my kids when I say goodbye in the morning, and when, I, and when they come home from school, I already, I already get that. I don't need it. Frankly, I think you could argue that having a pet, it takes away time and attention from your children.
3: Wow, I actually think it's time I share with my children. That dog is something we all share. And just get ready, my friend. Those sweet little lovable girls that you have right now, they're not going to stay that way, bro. And maybe that's when you're when your uh, empathy comes back, that that lovable Ross Tucker side of you comes back because those girls are going to be teenagers soon. And as this dad can tell you, teenage girls want no part of you. They will not make you feel better in the morning. They will not make you feel better in the afternoon. Full disclosure here, not an admission. I am at all proud of my 14 year old girl put me in tears yesterday refused to speak with me about anything in her life. Even after I begged for it, she walked away, locked her door, broke my freaking heart.
0: La, 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 la. I can't hear you. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. That won't be my daughters. Sorry. My daughters are the exception. They will always hug me and call me daddy until they're 50.
3: Oh, my God, you are so naive, bro. I can't wait for that day when you come around and realize, honey, we need a dog. I'm getting no love from the kids. They won't even talk to me. One guy who talked to us on here on Home and Home, our next comedic nominee, was a former teammate of Ross Tucker's in the NFL. And he came on the program because Ross was certain that he would share a story about the other side of Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder is often ripped as cold and calculating and well, non-human kind of the way Ross Tucker is with pets and Brandon Noble, Ross Tucker's former NFL teammate with the Washington Redskins was going to come on home and home to tell us about the human side of Dan Snyder, Washington Redskins billionaire owner.
4: Instead, this happened. And he pops my bandage off, right? And so when he pops the bandage off, it kind of broke the seal. Over the infection. And so now I've got like two or three days worth of like pus and disgustingness in my knee. And it erupted like a green mayonnaise volcano and smelled like absolute death. <laughs> and and I remember like again, I'm you know, I'm sedated, right? So I'm kind of laughing about it. The doctor's laughing, but there's like a six-inch stream shooting vertically out of my knee of pus. And I, all I remember is like looking up, and and Joe, <laughs> Coach Gibbs is like kind of leaning over the bed, looking like, oh my gosh, right. And then, but Mister Snyder is standing, like, and slowly, backing away from me, right, like this, right. And he's turning the color of the stuff that's coming out of my knee, and he's absolutely like, like he's kind of like, you know, looks like he's gonna throw up, and he's, and it, and it's just like, and, and then the doctor, you know, he's laughing, he covers it back up, and. And, and it was just one of those deals where it was so surreal, right? And, and at some point in the whole thing, like, he actually asked, are you going to sue us? Wow.
3: That was Brandon Noble with the green mayonnaise pus story and how Dan Snyder was only concerned about one thing, not how he was doing, not how that felt, but if – he was going to sue the Washington Redskins. Ross, that's tough to top.
0: Yeah, because it's not only hilarious, and the only time you'll ever hear green mayonnaise volcano ever (laughs) on any airwaves, but also kind of reinforces what people think about Daniel Snyder.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I will never, as long as I live unsee, The Green Mayonnaise pus Volcano. All right. What is far more palatable is Disney princesses. And of course, being a former NFL player, Ross Tucker has a take on princesses who should be, who shouldn't be considered some of the greatest princesses of all time. I love them all. I know them all. But he didn't like that. I'm a fan of Belle of Beauty and the Beast fame. And here's why. Give me yours. Okay. OK, I've thought about this all morning, as you know, these are the type of things, <laughs> type of things I lose sleep about that and Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm going to go top three, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to Bell because she's a voracious reader. I like that. She really likes to read. I like to read. I, I like to watch TV less and less other than sports every day.
0: Now, let me just tell you, let me just tell you, you're yeah. wrong. I hate Bell. OK, <laughs> number Gosh. one, number one, Bell's a nerd. I don't need someone reading that much. We're trying to have a good time in life. I don't need to read. Secondly, she turns down the greatest Disney character of all time. Gaston. Gaston. How can you not not want to date Gaston? She'd rather date a beast than Gaston. Gaston is exactly what you're looking for in a man, okay? He is perfect, and Belle denies him for no reason.
3: Gaston's my favorite Disney character. That guy's you are a Gaston. Stud. You are Gaston. That's why he's <laughs> your favorite Disney character of all time.
0: I'll take it. That guy's awesome. I'd, I'd happily be Gaston. Gaston runs shit. He's probably awesome at beer pong. Gaston has his priorities right. I love Gaston. He gets shit on for no reason. He's a hero, okay? Everybody, men want to be him, women want to be with him. Gaston. Can
3: you sing the song?
0: Um, I don't know. I, I know it's like, no one something like Gaston, no one like Gaston, no, 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 like Gaston, but I don't actually know the words.
3: Yeah, all I remember is no one drinks like Gaston. No one shoots like Gaston. You are Gaston. One of my favorite Disney characters, underrated Disney character is Flynn Rider. He's from the Rapunzel movie Tangled. Flynn Rider's outstanding because he's a criminal and he's kind of, uh, uh, you know, rough around the edges. Check that movie out. Have you seen Tangled? Like parts
0: of it. I never really sat there and watched the whole thing.
3: Ooh. Oh, it's fantastic. You got to go back and watch Tangled with those little girls. They're going to love it, and you're going to really appreciate Flynn Rider. Up next on best home-and-home comedy is, of course, the legendary Frank Caliendo, who can impersonate anyone in the sports universe and even politics and came on this show and did some John Gruden, did some Donald Trump, did some Stephen A. Smith. And the beauty of it is he veers in and out of characters without even prompting going into a little bit of a Jim Rome here. Listen to the legendary comedian, Frank Caliendo.
2: Whatever. I'll just go Jim Rome on him and it will be incredible, phenomenal and arugula. How great did this segment just get? Went from being <laughs> Cali into talking to myself to being me, telling you how great your ratings are. Incredible. It does not get any better than this. Wait a second. If there were two me's, that would be better. Double roam. <laughs> Double roam. Two times. Bill just in- Jr. might have gone with the exponential. Don't interrupt my pauses you realize how tired my arm is from holding this bone the entire time? Wait, I can't my believe you Look at this. Thing. How great is this? Even a finger, a hand, in front of the Jim Rome impression is still better than just about anything else that could be on the internet. How great is this? Take a look at this. I'm almost a pirate. Ridiculous. You're going to walk the plank, and I'm going to hop over there on my peg leg guess what (laughs) now I'm going to get a parrot and have him sit on my shoulder a peg leg a patch of Frank
3: Caliendo and Ross the beauty of that one is we didn't ask him to do Jim Rome a lot of the other impersonations that he nailed we asked him to get in character that one he just accidentally veered into
0: yeah that guy um, I think he's absolutely amazing I'm a gigantic fan That whole Rome thing was, I mean, I was almost in tears with that one, especially I am a pirate. Look how great this is. Like (gasps) it's unbelievable how good he is at those.
3: And the dude held up an iPhone for what I think was north of a 20 minute interview, which he deserves a prize for should win best comedy just for that. And lastly, there was the reaction to Kelly Kay. Who's Kelly Kay? She's an Instagram model influencer if you will kind of stripper she was the streaker at the super bowl that you may have not seen in the broadcast she jumped on the football field at the super bowl earlier in the game and was arrested and this was all for publicity shag mag style like we saw at the world series kaylee k boasted of an additional hundred thousand instagram followers on this program and said that she felt the best part was that she was inspiring people to maybe take that leap yes literally that leap out of her seats onto the field to get arrested to get famous because why the fuck not it's 2020 well nick costos was not buying that inspiration from you bet or you bet here's costos
0: nick how much did you even hear or know that there was a streaker during the super bowl
5: I i had no idea And also I think she's a tremendous loser. And I kind of wish that I were on it so I could have said that to her that I think she's a huge loser. But then like once I, I saw some of it and I'm watching this and I'm like, she gives that rant about changing people's lives. It's like, you have no talent. You jumped over, you you ran onto the field at the Super Bowl. Like, it was not a humanitarian thing. She's a loser. She's got no fucking talent whatsoever. Congratulations, you got your Instagram following. I bet you she's never read a fucking book in her life. change. You could change your life overnight. Congratulations, you're a fucking criminal and you've got no fucking talent whatsoever. change your life. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. You're you take your clothes off on social media for a following and that's great. God bless. She's all about she that girl would probably push her grandmother in front of a bus for a million Instagram followers. Oh, you can change your life overnight. Just come out and say what you are. You're a clout chaser. That's what Julia Rose says. I respect Julia Rose for that. This chick wants to come on and be like, "Oh yeah, we have you can this is like my message to the youth of America. You can change your life if you want to." Get the fuck out. Like, how self righteous and lacking self awareness do you have to have that? Nick
3: Costos crushing the Super Bowl streaker, Kelly Kay. I have to admit, Ross, I felt very differently about Julia Rose as I did Kelly Kay. We fell in love with Julia Rose here on this program, whether we liked it or not. Kelly Kay, I wasn't buying that bullshit either, and probably should have called her out or brought in Nick Costos as part of that interview.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've told this before, I told Nick after that, I I get uncomfortable with situations like that and young women like that. I, I just start to feel bad for her and I wonder where it all went wrong. And I start to think about her parenting and I just go in a place that's not really funny or suitable for this show.
3: All right, so best comedy, home and home history, who you got? I, I like unintentional comedy, and so that's why Caliendo uh, veering in unintentionally to Jim Rome is runner-up for me and very good. I just can't get away from the unintentional comedy and disgusting image of Green Manet's pus Volcano, although I don't know that that should be the winner because then I'll have to picture it again. Who you got?
0: I got Ted Cronkite because you and I both just lost it. And, you know, when, it, when it's natural like that and you and I both just start laughing for 30 seconds in a row, that's, that's just good, clean fun. I got Ted Cronkite.
3: Ted Cronkite, Green Mayonnaise, Puss Volcano, some good comedy over the last couple of months here on Home and Home, and a good Tuesday as well. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. That'll do it for us today. We're back on a hump day, Home and Home. See you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, it's
0: Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8:30 to 10:30 a.m. eastern time exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com/home
2: home and home